somewhere on your body, okay, anywhere. It can be your nose, it can be perfect. It can be your forehead, it can be your arm, it can be your leg. There you go. Yeah, your ear, brilliant. There you go. You're going to put a sticker on? Yeah. Well, you can... Well, that's it. Let's turn that seat. Well done. You got it. All right, Alexander, where are you going to put yours? Oops. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. On an eye as well. That's brilliant. I wasn't expecting an eye. So you might guess already what story we're going to look at this morning. So this is the story of, and you think it's probably not a weird, bit of a weird story to tell at children's prize giving, but this is a story of 10 people that had an incurable skin disease. So in Bible times, that disease is still at, uh, around now, but in Bible times it was incurable, and this disease was called leprosy. And it started off with a little white spot somewhere on their body. And it could start on their nose, it could start on their arm, or on their head, or on their ear, or even on their eye. Where's yours? Oh, on his head. Where's yours? Some, sometimes it could even go into the clothes. Lips, forehead, and chins. It could start anywhere. And once you got that little white spot, that disease would grow and grow, and the spots would get bigger. And it was really a nasty disease. In Bible times, there wasn't any cure for leprosy. You could go to the doctors, but they wouldn't really be able to do anything. And eventually, as that disease spread, you would have to move away from your family. So imagine this morning, you can't live with your family anymore because of that little white spot. You've got to go and live outside of the city with all of the other people that have got that disease. The parents are going, woohoo! <laughs> but no, it, it was horrible. It was a horrible disease. So once you got it, you, because you could catch it, you couldn't live with your family. You had to go and live outside of the city with all the other people. And as this disease got worse, sometimes bits would fall off. So your nose might fall off and your fingers might fall off. Eventually your leg might fall off. And it was horrible. And as well as the disease and what it did to you, it was really smelly. Because of the rotting skin and the rotting flesh, you would all be really smelly. So People would not want to go near you because you could, they could catch that disease from you, but also because you were a bit smelly. So you would have to go and start begging for food away from everybody. They'd throw the scraps out for you, and you'd have to go and get the scraps of food. It doesn't sound like a really nice life, does it? It doesn't sound like it would be much fun because everybody would have this disease. And where you went, you would have to shout, unclean because you know you needed to tell people that you'd got this disease. So let's have a bit of like unclean, unclean, let's have a bit of shouting, unclean, unclean, unclean. Oh, I'm getting away, I don't want to catch it. <laughs> and that's what it'd be like. And probably they might even be able to, if you were downwind, they might even be able to smell you before you got there. So always oh, the smelly lepers, I'm getting away from these. But you know, it wasn't much fun to have this disease and they would have to walk around in groups so they could get this, you know, beg for food and get the scraps that were there and keep away. So they were quite sad, and it would be horrible to see the suffering that people would have once you had this disease. And one day, these ten men, ten people, were walking down the road, and they saw an amazing person. Give us a wave, amazing person. Who do you think this amazing person is? Jesus. Yep. They saw Jesus, and they shouted, Jesus, Jesus! Jesus, Jesus! 
Help us, you can make us better. Now they were really, really desperate. So they were like, Jesus, come on, you can help us, please, please. Yeah, you know, they probably were on their knees begging. They were careful not to go too close to him. But, you know, Jesus was the son of God. Jesus could have gone along and he could have like, do, 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 touched them all and they would have been healed. He could have just said the word, you are healed. But Jesus gave them instruction. Jesus said to them, go and show yourself to the priests. And they probably looked at each other and thought, oh, that's a bit weird. This is Jesus who can make us better. This is Jesus who can heal us. But he's telling us to go and show ourselves to the priests. But they decided that they would do that Jesus had asked. And they just like turned around or pretend to turn around and go and find a priest. But as they made that decision, as they started to walk to go and see that priest, they felt different. And they looked at each other. You can all give me your leprosy. <laughs> They looked at each other and they could see that their noses were better, that their legs were starting to get better, that their hands were starting to get better and their chins and their feet. And they felt their skin. Have a feel of your skin. So I'll pick them up in a minute. Another one. Oh, leprosy's all over the place. Quick, give it to me. And they felt their arms and they felt their legs. And they looked at each other and their skin was all soft and their skin was all new. And they touched each other's cheeks. And they started to get really, really excited and they jumped up and down because they were so excited. And they said, we can go and see our families. We can go and see our friends. I can go back to my wonderful husband. Yeah. <laughs> I can go and see my amazing wife. Yeah. <laughs> I can go back to my children who make so much noise. I can go back to my children. <laughs> and they all went running off to go back to their family. So let's go back down there. Except, right, you stand here, you stand here, that's it. You stand there. Okay, run, run, run. Off to their families. So excited, all waving their arms. Mom, Dad, I can come back to you. Except for one person. And this one person, he was healed as well. And he looked at his skin, his skin was lovely. And he went over to Jesus. And he went to Jesus and he went, oh, he knows the story, well done. He said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for making me well. And Jesus looked and says, where's the other nine? Now, they were all really excited. They'd all gone off. But just one person had come back to say thank you to Jesus. Let's give Jesus a big clap. Let's give all our helpers a big clap. Well done. You can go that way. So we know that story is from the Bible, it's found in Luke 17, 11 to 17. I'll just read you the few passages. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus travelled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go and show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? 
Then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. So quite a well-known story, probably not one that we'd associate with prize giving. (laughs) But we start with 10 men who have the worst disease of their day. Leprosy was incurable. It attacked the body, leaving sores, missing fingers, missing toes, damaged limbs. And the disease could take 30 years to run its course. And in that time span, entire limbs could simply fall off. It was the most horrible disease. And imagine what it was like 2,000 years ago when the, you know, the doctors there really couldn't do anything about it. There was no cure. Treatment was almost non-existent. And as I said, another thing that would have been really terrible was the smell of the people that had leprosy because their skin would be rotting away, so the smell would be like pretty stomach churning. But worse than that was the emotional pain as well because if you got leprosy, you couldn't live with your family, you couldn't live in your community. You had to live outside of that city with all the other lepers, begging for food and shouting that you were unclean so that others wouldn't come near you you would probably never see your family again. And imagine what that would have been like to have been removed from your family and friends for a lifetime and to be forced to shout every single day that you were unclean. It must have been horrible. But in this story, we see these 10 men who encounter Jesus and hear him say an unusual thing. We want to be well, they shouted to Jesus. And Jesus responds, go and show yourself to the priest. And they obviously knew who Jesus was because as they saw him, they knew that he could do something. They knew that he was the one that could do something about their circumstances, about this horrible disease that they would have. And if they spoke to Jesus, he would be the one who could maybe change their lives for good. But he tells them to go and see the priests. Now that's not that strange because the priests then were also you know, a bit like doctors as well. So they could go and see whether you were cleansed or not. So, you know, we could add that to your job spec this morning, that, you know, if you want to be, make sure that you're clean, go and see Simon. Sounds like a good job spec. And Jesus could have touched them there and then. He could have said the word and they would be healed. And we know from the Bible that Jesus did heal other lepers. But this time he gives them an instruction. So off to the priest who had these other duties other than leading worship. You know, he was almost a bit like a health official. And, you know, imagine that in COVID, that you went to see the priest or the vicar just to see whether you were uh, clear from COVID afterwards as well. So if a person was miraculously healed of leprosy, it was up to the priest to inspect the body and check that it was gone completely. And if they were completely clean, they would go and be able to see their family again. So that was why they were so excited. You know, once you got rid of this disease, you could go back and live with your family And Jesus said, go and show yourself to the priests. But imagine that as they looked down at their body, you know, their hands were still white, their leg was still bandaged, you know, they touched their skin and it's still full of sores. In other words, these men were no better off than they had been when they first spotted the famous teacher, when they first spotted Jesus, because they had to act on that instruction. They had to do, as as Jesus told them, And they did and headed off to see the priests. And on their way, that was when they were healed. So a hand became clean, you know, a bandage was removed and a leg became well. Skin cleared and became soft again. 
one looked at the other, another looked at the rest, and they all started that with that excitement and with that cheering and that screaming because they knew as they raced off, they could go back to their families again. But in order for their miracle to happen, these men had to start walking in faith before their circumstances changed even a tiny bit. And that's a great lesson for us, isn't it? You know, we have to use that faith. We have to walk in faith. We can't wait until the problems are over to start walking in faith. Instead, we begin to walk in faith and then see what God can do. So God might be saying, follow me despite the difficulties, despite the circumstances. Follow me and put your trust in me and I will walk with you. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. It's an amazing promise, isn't it? I read this quote, and it says, Love me despite the disease. Obey me despite the lack of talent or the lack of resources. Follow me now despite the depression. Say no to the temptation while it's still difficult. Praise me in the darkest of nights and in the worst of circumstances. This is a nature of God, a God who loves you so much. He'll give you the opportunity to be thankful when nothing about your circumstances gives you that motivation. And that's the very definition of faith. If we praise God only on the good days, only in the best of circumstances, it wouldn't really be faith, would it? It would be more like a business arrangement. And, you know, God's not, well, he is about business, but he's not just about business. So some of us might have difficult circumstances. We might not be looking forward to what we have to face this week or this month. It might be something at school, even though you're finishing soon. It might be something at work, a difficult friend or a difficult colleague. It might be an illness or a financial worry. Whatever it is, when we are thankful, despite the difficult circumstances, we experience God's faithfulness and our faith increases. The lepers had to act. If they did nothing, if they'd ignored Jesus' instructions, they wouldn't have been healed. They would have stayed in that colony or that community with the other people that had this disease for the rest of their lives. Isaiah 43:19 says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So when the lepers acted on Jesus' instructions and went on their way to the priests, but even before then, before they even got to the priests, they experienced their healing. It was that act of faithfulness. So, you know, how do you think you would react if that happened to you? Well, in the story, they were all excited. They all, you know, were amazed and overjoyed. But only one came back to say thank you. Only one out of ten. And the passage mentions that the man who came back to Jesus was a Samaritan, which meant he was from out of town, and he was usually considered not as pure or important in Jewish society. Yet he was the only one who came to give Jesus praise and thank him for his healing. It, it sounds like Jesus could have been a little bit disappointed that more of them, those men who received healing didn't come back and give thanks. But Jesus didn't show disappointment. He demonstrated his ever-flowing grace and mercy and told this man to go on his way. 
And I'm sure Jesus was glad that at least someone demonstrated this appreciation. The men, the, these men had just been healed of this terrible disease. They were excited. They could now go and see their family again. You know, rushing off down to see their friends and family, it would be a shock and surprise to the friends and family as well when they got there. And maybe we think they should have all come back to say thank you to Jesus. But how often do we say thank you? How often do we thank God for everything that he provides for us, everything that he gives to us? Do we always thank God? Do we always remember how much he gives us every day? Do we recognise his constant hand in our lives and praise him always? I can say that, no, I don't always. I don't always recognise what God has done for me and don't always remember to say thank you. But, you know, maybe some of us are like that too. We often neglect gratitude and forget to give God thanks for his blessings. It's been great this morning, just in the few prayers that we heard, of the thanks that was in those prayers. You know, thank you, God, for this. Thank you, God, for being with me. Thank you, God, for saving me. So let's be reminded that God isn't always good when things go our way. He's always present, allowing all things for his will, so we can give thanks and pray all of the time. You know, we can remember to have that attitude of thanksgiving and thanks to God. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And when we do so, a great promise is given. And in Philippians 4, 6-7, it says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That thankfulness so often leads on to many things. You know, it leads on to the peace. It leads on to comfort. It leads on to joy. But it's just remembering to have that thanksgiving, that attitude. So let's remember to be thankful to God for all that he is and all that he does for each one of us. Every single one of us here today can tell of something we're thankful to God for. In fact, tell the person next to you, if you've got somebody next to you, tell the person next to you one thing today that you're thankful to God for. We could probably write a list, to be honest. We'd fill a page, you know, a massive flip chart page of stuff. If every single one of us came and wrote something that we're thankful for, we could fill a page this morning. So to finish... We've got an amazing church full of different cultures, full of different backgrounds, full of different nationalities. So what I want you to do, if you're originally from a different nation or another nationality, I want you to shout out, thank you, God, in your language. Okay, so that Indian. Thank you, God. German. Anyone else? Brilliant. Malawian. Excellent. Nice and loud. Where from? Nigerian. Fantastic. Anyone else? Black country one, Targod. <laughs> or Tarpa. <laughs> That's even shorter. Anyone else? Oh, brilliant. Welsh there. Excellent. Alan, come on. <laughs> 
So, you know, we, you know, we can all, I think even now, we can just all shout, thank you, God, in English, just to thank him for everything he's done. One, two, three. Brilliant. You know, and I'm so thankful to be here this morning to be able to share these few thoughts with you. I'm so thankful for these children. I'm thankful for Jocelyn for leading junior church and all that she does. You know, and just to be part of this church as well. I'm so thankful for that as well. So there's four or five things already. But, you know, just to, and th- obviously thanks to God for just being so faithful to each one of us and for his love and his mercy and his care and his kindness and everything that he provides for us as well. So let's remember today and, you know, from now on to have this heart full of thankfulness. Amen.